Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that practices what it preaches most of the time on the subjects of cars and transport. I'm David Brown and in this program we look at new stories including Mitsubishi Electric develops automated mapping technologies for autonomous driving. We get the first impression on two upgraded Nissans that have just been launched onto the market, the Navara and the Pathfinder. And in our panel discussion, Brian Smith and Errol Smith are both interstate, so we have some light-hearted stories recorded in the past but have never gone to air. Have a question or a comment, send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. You can listen to longer segments of each of the features by going to our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. Now, to begin the program, let's have the news. At the recent CBIT Trade Fair, which is the largest computer expo in the world, Mitsubishi Electric demonstrated its latest technologies for automated mapping based on artificial intelligence and the company's own mobile mapping system for highly precise three-dimensional maps for autonomous driving applications. Mitsubishi Electric aims to contribute to the early implementation of maps that offer constantly updated dynamic information, such as traffic signals and information about surrounding vehicles and objects. The technology is able to distinguish differences and changes where characteristic points do not match. Due to this technology, the maintenance and updating of dynamic maps can be accomplished much faster by automatic extraction of only the points that have changed, compared with updating the entire map each time. Air pollution levels in the UK in general, and London in particular, have reached alarming proportions far exceeding world health standards. Detecting high-polluting vehicles in order to get them off the road or to restrict their movements are two possible actions. Ricardo Energy and Environment, working with technology partner Opus Inspection, has launched a real-time vehicle emissions monitoring service. Installed at any location, the measurement system instantaneously records the real-world driving emissions – of nitric oxide, nitrogen dioxide, particulate matter, hydrocarbons, carbon monoxide and ammonia from each passing vehicle. It can also produce significant improvements in the accuracy of modelling and simulation efforts underpinning the design of clean air zones. US chip giant Intel has agreed to buy the Israeli driverless technology firm Mobileye for nearly $20 billion dollars the largest ever acquisition of an Israeli high-tech company. Israeli company Mobileye is one of the companies specialising in autonomous vehicles and is regarded as one of the best and most advanced in the world. Mobileye realised the potential in the autonomous auto sector at an early stage and managed to establish itself as a technology leader in this global industry. As cars progress from assisted driving to fully autonomous and become increasingly connected with each other and surrounding infrastructure, they are increasingly becoming data centres on wheels. Intel expects that by 2020, autonomous vehicles will generate 4,000 gigabytes of data per day, which plays into Intel's strengths in high-performance computing and network connectivity. IKEA has recently started selling its own bicycle called the Slada that is shipped directly to you for you to assemble. 
a non-traditional supplier can offer some creative ideas that will appeal to the specific market. The bike is said to offer a utility-focused urban commuter ride. Instead of a greasy chain, it uses a belt drive. It has two-speed gears that change automatically. It has a sturdy centre kickstand to hold the bike upright, minimising its footprint in a small apartment and easing rack loading. The front basket works as a dining table or a grocery cart. It aims for little maintenance. It's not especially light at 15 kilograms, but at about 520 Australian dollars, it could do for cycling what the Model T Ford did for cars. The UK government has announced a $37 billion fund to accelerate the take-up of hydrogen vehicles and roll out more cutting-edge infrastructure. Hydrogen fuel providers will be able to bid for funding in partnerships with organisations that produce hydrogen vehicles to help build high-tech infrastructure, including fuel stations. The funding should boost the uptake of hydrogen-powered vehicles. A competition will be launched this year and will invite proposals from public organisations, businesses and hydrogen operators. The government will match the funding for successful bidders as part of its plans to cut carbon emissions, improve air quality and deliver economic opportunities for the UK. And that has been the news. I was up in the high country, by Australian standards, around Jindabyne, testing the new Nissan Navara. In the one-tonne ute market, there is a wide variety of customer needs. Much publicity has been given to the seven-day-a-week segment that favours the dual cab where the ute tray might be used for carrying tools during the week, but the vehicle has a specific function with the family, and on weekends it is more likely to be carrying bikes or surfboards in the back. When the all-new Navara was launched nearly two years ago, Nissan proudly spoke of the 27 different model specifications that covered single-cab, king-cab and dual-cab configurations with a chassis or pickup tray. But no amount of internal review can guarantee the moving target that is customer desires. Nissan has now released the Series 2 version of the new Navara and have added another specification level across all their model configurations. We asked Richard Emery, Managing Director and CEO of Nissan Australia, how this came about. It was really about customer feedback, really. Uh, we had a number of uh, fleet and small to medium enterprises talk to us around um, the products that we were offering, particularly the, the gap between the RX and the ST model, and, and they felt that there was an opportunity to meet their needs in terms of price and specification to have a vehicle that kind of sat in between. So we went back and had a look at what we had on offer, uh, and certainly around engine performance, um, the, the body itself, and, and also the specification, particularly with the rubber mat and things like that and uh, yeah uh, talk to Thailand about being able to build us that option and that's uh, what we've been into being able to introduce it. It's part of the Morris tradey end of that market, was it? It's with things like rubber mats so that it's easy to clean? Yeah, look, we, we looked at uh, our, uh, our RX model, which we thought was going to be the tradey fleet product. Uh, and actually what the consumers was, or the customers were saying to us, what, yes, that, that's well priced, but actually we want some more specification and we are prepared to pay for that extra specification. So we were able to go back and, and, and kind of find that nice medium place between the RX and, and the ST to provide that SL model for, for that market. As I drove several of the dual cab pickup range through the mountains, 
I pondered how sales have gone in the two years since they introduced the all-new model. In the two years since that new model came in, how's it been going? Well, they've sold and uh, increased their sales significantly. The four-wheel drive market in 2016, uh, their four-wheel drive version, was up about 13 or 14 percent. Now their two-wheel drive version, which doesn't sell as big a numbers, but in percentage terms it's had a huge increase. It's up 78 percent again in 2016. For the Series 2 makeover, the engines are the same, being either a single or twin-turbo 2.3-litre diesel engine with a standard 6-speed manual or optional 7-speed automatic. Some of the competition have bigger and more powerful engines, but the other side of the coin is that the Navara has the best fuel economy in its class. For most driving, the power was sufficient, although when we were towing a small camper trailer, it took time to build up speed and there was no accelerating up reasonable hills. Not everything about the new model was putting in extra bits and pieces. Nissan has removed the rear cup holders. I asked Richard if this was a way of discouraging the idea of drinking and driving. <laughs> no, look, it was, it was feedback from customers to say, look, uh, glad that you've considered that we need um, uh, cup holders in the back, but uh, um, the where they were positioned wasn't ideal uh, for, for people uh, sitting in the back seat. So, uh, And they were relatively easy to, if you weren't using them for that, they were kind of somewhat obstru obtrusive. So, yeah, we took the decision to take them out. But one of the big standout features for the Navara, first introduced in 2015 and continued in this makeover, is its coil spring suspension in the dual cab models, which is associated with more car-like comfort and performance rather than the traditional leaf spring suspension that is typically seen as part of a rough and tough work vehicle. Has that been a good, solid selling point for the car? There's no doubt we've gained customers because of that uh, decision. Uh, and I think that's the changing customer demographic of what they expect from one of these vehicles nowadays. So the dual cab ute is now not just simply a, a harsh utilitarian weapon to carry things. It, 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 it has to do a whole range of things uh, and it has to be comfortable and it has to have a dual purpose or dual use and certainly Navara and, and Nissan's attitude towards this particular segment uh, has been driven by the fact that there is a more discerning customer expectation about how the car drives, uh, what it's like to sit in and be with uh, and we've certainly seen growth in Navara sales to people who I would say use it as a dual purpose family vehicle as well as a work vehicle uh, and I think our car scores really well in that space and we're, we've certainly been successful in that space. Richard did go on to say that some customers were concerned that the suspension was not what they would want for their heavy workload but the overall result was in favour of more buyers. For the updated model, they have enhanced the suspension to make it more compliant, but mainly for aesthetic reasons, to make sure the tail of the vehicle, especially with a load, does not appear too low. We found that the new model, like the previous version, had a good ride in the urban and dirt situations, not as smooth as a car, or even as good as most SUVs, but these dual-cab utes have come a long way. The dual-cab ute market is following a common trend of moving toward more automatic sales, but Nissan still offers 13 varieties with manual gearboxes, 
but at the launch it was noted that many young people are not learning to use these transmissions. One journalist suggested that driving a manual should be a necessity to getting a trade qualification. Another journalist who has a sense of humour and who learnt to drive in the good old days has an image of this country as a down-to-earth practical culture. He thought that a manual driving licence should be part of a citizen's test. The new model starts at a retail price for a single cab chassis two-wheel drive at $26,000 or nearly $32,000 to get it on road, including a tray on the back. While the cheapest dual cab pickup has a retail price of $33,000 for a two-wheel drive manual or nearly $37,000 to get it on the road. The top-of-the-range four-wheel drive dual cab pickup with sunroof retails at $55,500 or $60,000 drive away. Overdrive, answering your questions across Australia. I was sitting in the new Nissan Pathfinder SUV looking over Lake Krakenback on the border of the Kosciuszko National Park. In the early morning it had been shrouded in mist, but now it was bright and clear. But there was work at hand. I recorded the following. In the Australian market, Nissan is the third largest seller of SUV vehicles, but they say they're also the second largest in terms of a product range. But in that range, their Pathfinder is somewhat of a forgotten vehicle. It's been overlooked, they feel, for what it is, or more particularly, what it could be. Now, they've just put out a new Pathfinder. We'll go and drive it in a moment. But it is their way of trying to improve this part of the market. The Pathfinder is a large SUV with seven seats, but it's not as big or as rough and as tough as their Patrol, which has often been the image of the vehicle. Now SUV sales have really moved to the crossover. The adventurous traditional four-wheel drive hasn't grown nearly as much as these crossover vehicles that are serving a market not just for adventure but here in the Pathfinder particularly for families and the types of vehicle that they use to transport people around as much as to go to adventurous situations. The biggest change in the new Pathfinder is that 50% of the 3.5 litre V6 engine components are new. For example, it now has a direct injection system. This gives an additional 12 kilowatts of power, making a total of 202 kilowatts. Fuel consumption is rated at 10 litres per hundred. There is a hybrid option with an unusual configuration. It has a 2.5-litre four-cylinder supercharged engine plus a 15-kilowatt electric motor. It is only available in four-wheel drive. Its fuel consumption is rated at 8.6 litres per 100 kilometres. The Pathfinder is designed and built in America, so there is no surprise that there is no diesel option. It comes with an automatic CVT gearbox, it's the third generation of this design from Nissan and has one great feature. 
If you try to accelerate hard with a typical CVT, the engine revs up to its optimum power and stays there while the gearbox continually and smoothly changes the ratio. But as most people are familiar with the engine revs going up and down as the vehicle steps through a fixed number of distinct gears, the CVT feels unnatural. This is most obvious when you are accelerating hard and you clearly hear the engine noise. Some car manufacturers allow you to set their CVT to go in steps, which feels more natural, but if you have this feature on all the time, it defeats the purpose, which is to be more fuel efficient. Nissan's D-step logic automatically creates a stepped function, but only when the car is under full acceleration. Under light load, you hardly hear the engine at all, so the operation of the engine and the gearbox together is not that obvious. On the outside, the new Pathfinder has a few changes. It has the new signature grille, LED driving lights, and for upmarket versions, there are new design contrast alloy wheels, razor turn indicators, I think that means they are narrow and thin, and motion-activated electric-powered tailgate. Again, this is for the top model. This is for when your hands are full, carrying, for example, groceries. So you can wave your foot underneath the rear bumper bar and the tailgate should open. But there are some conditions. The car has to be locked and you have to have the key in your pocket. So it's best to learn the system well or you will look like an idiot doing the hokey pokey in the car park at the back of your car. From the driving perspective, the Pathfinder has a quicker steering response. The interior gives you seven seats, and if you are using the ISO fix child seat anchoring in the second row of the seats, you do not have to remove the child seat to get into the third row. An 8-inch touchscreen has replaced the previous 7-inch screen. The interface is quite plain and simple, but do we really need all the information they supply? You can see, for example, performance graphs such as the acceleration, braking and cornering G-forces, the instantaneous fuel economy and the instantaneous fuel flow, which as we know is different. Or maybe, I think, sort of. I don't think these things are really necessary and I don't want any driver looking at these when they should be looking at the road. These features become almost galling when you realise the car does not have rain-sensitive windscreen wipers, nor Apple or Android car interfaces in any of the variations. The upmarket versions do have 3D mapping graphics and multi-touch functionality on the screen, which makes it more intuitive to use. And again, the more expensive variations have things such as intelligent cruise control and heated and cooled seats. Driving around urban areas, the Pathfinder is pretty typical of its class, but we drove from the high country at Threadbow down to the coastal town of Marimbula, travelling on the snowy mountains and then the Monaro highways, which are essentially secondary roads. Not just a straight boring motorway, but flowing corners, occasionally becoming rather tight. There were rarely edge lines and occasionally no centre line. There didn't appear to be much traffic, so the road surface had not deteriorated greatly. The Pathfinder was made for this territory. It was quiet and smooth, ideal for family touring. 
and to arrive in Marimbula, a town of less than 10,000 people, located on the far south coast or sapphire coast of New South Wales, was a delight. The surrounding farming areas have a verdant appearance that makes you feel like you have put a green filter on your glasses. Only the very base model two-wheel drive ST has gone up in price by $500 to $42,000 plus on-road costs. The Pathfinder maxes out at $69,190 plus on-roads and that's for the four-wheel drive hybrid. So the Nissan Pathfinder reasonable features especially on the higher variations and a quiet smooth ride particularly on the country roads. You're listening to Overdrive. And now it's time for some quirky news. Brian, Errol and I earlier in the year discussed some of the car ads that appeared in the 2017 Super Bowl series. Here's our comments on a few that we haven't put to air as yet. Mercedes ageing bikey still trying to play it tough, although it looks a bit more like they need rub than marijuana. The jukebox only plays Stefan Wolf's Born to be Wild. They learn that their bikes have been parked in, but it turns out to be a Mercedes AMG GT Roadster owned by Peter Fonda, a throwback to Easy Rider, which was filmed in 1969. Gentlemen, old images like that, are they going to help sell Mercedes? Maybe to, to that people as old as him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just didn't get the, the why you would want to associate your brand with bikies. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get it. It's set in a biker bar. Mercedes don't make bikes. Um, yeah. Anybody, anybody else who parked their their shiny two hundred thousand dollar sports car in front of a bunch of bikes would have a very scratched Merc. Well, it's perhaps that's the uh, kind of a fight club thing. You know, you you own a Mercedes, get the shit beaten out of you. <laughs> Easy Rider was filmed nearly half a century ago. That means that even uh, a lot of Mercedes owners were only children then, so it's not as if that they might remember or necessarily oh, relate yeah. to that. I Perhaps know. it's about their fathers and or mothers buying them the car. <laughs> well, of course, Easy Rider, he, uh, Fonda, played the sort of good guy who liked to meet people with the American flag, and the other guy was the dressed as an American Indian who was rather surly in that which is, of course, in modern things, dressed in the American flag doesn't make you necessarily a very warm and compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about humour, now, one that really got a lot of publicity was Kia's Hero's Journey, and it has Melissa McCarthy cast in the role of a somewhat wacky environmentalist. She's a sort of frumpy would-be mother who is trying to save the world in some sort of way. It turns out she tries to save the whales, the trees, the ice caps and the rhino, only to suffer slapstick catastrophes in every situation. The punchline is, it's hard to be an echo warrior, but it's easy to drive like one. Of course, that means the 2017 Kia Nero, which set a record for driving across America using the least amount of fuel for a hybrid vehicle. A commentator left a message at the bottom that said, I've never laughed so hard at a commercial. I'm pretty sure my neighbours heard me. Gentlemen, were you in the same boat? Oh, look, it's certainly the, the one of the funnier ads. I don't know if Kia drivers being people that, who like to get killed standing up for their cause. I don't know if that's quite <laughs> the customer they're going for. <laughs> but um, 
certainly amusing as as uh, uh, and um, and there's two of them. They, they obviously made one ad and thought they'd just keep going. Yes. The second one has a uh, she she gets into a Kia to escape the the freezing Arctic or Antarctic, I assume in this case, and a penguin pops in and uh, enjoys the heated seat. I was intrigued by the association of the brand with uh, incompetence, mm. so uh, mm. <laughs> inability yeah. to actually achieve things. So. Again, I, yeah, not, it's nice to be funny, but... Uh. Well, I think some people like that sort of slapstick sort of humour. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not sure if it means if you buy a, a Kia, you'll end up with funny things happening to you, which would normally kill standard people. But again, the politics. This is rather interesting for a couple of reasons. One, a comment made at the bottom of the YouTube uh, ad about it from Joe Ram said that he, uh, he made the comment, where are the smugglers? The extortion money that illegals have to pay. This commercial was made by morons who have no idea what illegal immigrants grow through to arrive at the US-Mexican border. A play of emotions, but there is a serious problem down here. I, I, I fail to see what that has to do with Kia or that ad or anything. Well, the interesting thing about the politics, and not that, I mean, that's just crazy. But the thing is, Melissa McCarthy has just recently done a great imitation of Sean Spicer, the spokesperson for the pre- uh, the president on Saturday Night Live. They've got so much, to, so much material to work with, David. <laughs> well, well, the guys from South Park say it's almost impossible to satire because it's so crazy. But the thing is, it used to be if you had a celebrity endorse your product, you were worried about them talking or cat being caught taking drugs. Now it's not supporting Trump. <laughs> yes. That could be the very worst thing. Now, yeah, yeah. What, Spicer, what Spicer then came out and said, she's being mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> this is classic of all politics of both sides. You call people names and then you blame the opposition for calling other people names. You disrespect people totally and then you say how disappointed you are because your opposition disrespected you. You abuse people, then you condemn other people for being intolerant. The only thing I can say is that Fox, of course, broadcast the Super Bowl, so uh, they must have seen it as poking fun at, fun at uh, environmentalists, or otherwise they would never have, uh, you know, they would never <laughs> have let the ad be run. Gentlemen, I, I just make one uh, honourable mention that we talked all about cars, but WeatherTech they made an ad and put it on there uh, that making selling car mats, and they did it in a James Bond jump into another car while it's moving to help avoid coffee spills. You've got to admire the spirit of that. But of course, <laughs> yes. they said with great words, it was made. They, the products are made in America. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. They're making America great again, David. One mat at a time. I, I love the blokey voice. It's, it's basically saying, because we spill coffee in our SUVs. Ah, a first world problem. Gentlemen, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thanks very much for your time. No worries, David. And that was Overdrive. My thanks to David Campbell, David Saxberg and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive can be heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can listen to longer segments of each of the features by going to our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. I'm David Brown. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>